to season two of Driving Performance. My name is Tom Shea. I'm the co-founder of Agile Media Group. And today I am joined by Michelle Cordero Grant, the CEO and co-founder of Gorgie, a community brand and platform on a mission to make wellness more fun, starting with an energy drink that is both good for you and fun. Before that, she also started Lively, a lingerie lifestyle brand, which was acquired for over $100 million. So are you just addicted to the game? You know, it turns out I am. I am. I thought I was done after Lively, and about a month later, I'm like, nope, yeah. literally like a month. <laughs> One month. Um, yeah, I think people, people have, you know, it's not easy. So people are just built different if they're going to go after it in the first place. So I'm not yeah. exactly surprised. Yeah. Um, last Expo East, any fond memories as we send Expo East off? Oh, my gosh. Last Expo, Expo East, we didn't even have a drink in a can. We were literally an idea. And I had crowdsourced this concept on TikTok. People were like, yes, 100,000 likes. I brought a liquid in a jar to Expo East, scored a press pass. Yeah, like the uh, New Hope. And just shared with everybody this potential idea of energy meets wellness. Yeah. And frankly, had I not gone to that show, I don't think we would be have launched in Whole Foods yeah. in January. Yes. So Shout out Expo. Yeah, progress over perfection, people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and at the time... Like, was it a specific flavor? What were you, what were you hawking uh, out of a glass jar? Um, so in said breaking bar, that jar was like a peach flavor, a dragon fruit, a watermelon. It was like so beta. Okay. But it was the idea that I would show people like, here's a postcard. Here's people on social. Like, they're helping me build this. Yeah. And I think that was the clinch. Yeah. And we're going to dive deep into community. So why don't I tell you a little bit about how this is going to play out. As we are in a truck, there will be a few stops along this route. First stop is going to be founder slash origin stories, all of the events and like the nature versus nurture and inflection points of your life that led you here today. And you got a particularly fun one, so I'm excited. Then we're going to do brand-specific questions that keep on your latest venture, Gorgie. Um, keep the beautiful sounds. It looks so good. <laughs> uh, and then we are going to wrap up by playing a game called The Hot Box. Uh, it's our tongue-in-cheek version of a game called The Hot Seat. This or that question's rapid fire, and then we'll wrap. So why don't we go all the way back, um, even pre-lively. Why don't we talk about sort of how you thought about entrepreneurship and you know the events that led up to Lively. You had a lot of really cool experience at Victoria's Secret and even before that in the yeah. merchandising space. Yeah. So um, why don't we start there? Yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurship is not a word that I grew up with. I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'm the daughter of two Indian immigrant parents. And so it was like doctor, lawyer, investment banker, pick your flavor. I went with banker, got a degree in finance, started doing internships. And I realized this is so boring. Like right. there's got to be something else. Found my way into fashion and like, the clouds parted. I started brand building for Bloomingdale's and Macy's. When I say brand building, I was an assistant entering purchase orders all day long. But I found that I was with like my society and like right. what was moving me. Fast forward, Victoria's Secret. That's when everything clicked. Like you build a brand that has 40% market share and $13 billion of Crazy. US revenue alone. You're like, wow, someone knows what they're doing right. here. However, I wasn't wearing the product. And I realized social media was like a new way to brand build. We could actually just ask the world what they wanted and then make that yes, versus that spending the time. Yeah. Shockingly, it worked. And Lively went viral. And I found myself realizing like, wait, this is how you should be building brands go forward. Right. No decision should be made by us. Actually, our decision is who do we ask? Yeah. Community first. I love it. So how did you think about making the leap? Like, was it something that you was like a side hustle and you were iterating on for years or was, yeah. was there something else? 
I'm not a risk taker historically. Like I had all my money in T-bond during the financial crisis of 2007. My husband's like, you're the smartest. I was like, yeah. um, but what I realized is uh, I was on a journey to be in a C-suite of a fortune 500 company, which initially was my dream. Right. But when I looked at the women in those positions, I'm like, they're not killing it at home. They're doing great at work. They'll never own the company. And I was like, I need to own my own company so I can own my own lifestyle. Right. And so I went and I worked for Thrillist Media Group, actually. Yeah, yeah. Realized no one knows how to do a startup. I was like, this is great. Left and I, I quit and I did it on my own. Damn. How did you uh, figure out merchandising and like, what, to, what hero products to lead with, building the SKUs out, all yeah. that stuff? Focus, focus, focus. So having worked for corporate brands in fashion, there's something called the 80-20 rule. 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your SKUs. Okay. And in fact, the top five styles will sometimes drive 60%. What that all means is less is more. Right. Be known for something. In startups, 70 to 80% of the time, you're having a first date. So always lead with the same right. so that you're known consistently. And so how did we lead? We led with watermelon and we led with peach and berry because TikTok told us that was their favorite. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you exited with Lively. I mean, first off, congrats. Thank you. Right? How exciting and uh, the percentage chance, right? <laughs> From a pure mathematical perspective, it's so impressive. So, so much to be proud of there. What was that like? I mean, talk about something that's inaccessible to the masses that yeah. we love to demystify. I mean, yeah. what sort of emotions, positive, negative? Yeah. I mean, if you think about the, the case study of who I was, um, an Indian woman from Pennsylvania raised $15 million and sold a company for over whatever, you know, amount of money. I never it's thought, million. <laughs> I never actually thought that would happen. Right. And so when someone came and asked, they're like, someone wants to buy your company. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. They're like, no, this is real. I went on a six month journey of learning what an LOI was. I didn't even know what a letter of intent was. Right. I flew to Japan and went through a six hour board meeting with a tr translator for a public company. And then I did a 99 page stock purchase agreement in July on 4th of July. Uh -huh. And so when we sold on July 31st, I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> what did it feel like? It felt like, like the end of a marathon right. and I couldn't even get out of bed. I was so emotionally attached to the brand right. that while it's the greatest moment of my family's life, for me, it was like a breakup. Yeah. And how did you, how did you know it was the right time or is this just, there's never a right time? I mean, you do the math on opportunity costs. Right. So at that juncture, I was like, well, this is an amazing outcome for my investors, oh. for my family. And it now gives me a second chapter. I also took a look at myself as a founder and I love the building. Right. And so the company was so big at that point. I'm like, I don't know how to get us through Target. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like launching in Target, you needed a big sister. Right. And that's what our acquire was. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So why don't we uh, talk about Gorging? So... You clearly didn't stay out of the arena that long. Yeah. So how did we get from lingerie to beverage? <laughs> oh, yes. The good story of bras to beverage. So after Lively, I just started taking care of my health. Right. And I got really into supplements and different things like that. I thought I was going to start a wellness brand. I thought I was going to make wellness fun. Right. So I saw all these powders and drinks. They were like green and icky. If they didn't taste good, they didn't look good. Right. And so I'm like, well, how do you actually bring fashion to something you hold every day? My community was like, I don't want a powder, Michelle. I want a ready to drink. Found myself in Florida and there's energy drinks in everyone's hands. And they spend all day on their look and what they're going to post. 
but not the can. And right. I was like, I could fix that. If I make it better for you, better tasting and better looking, is that something? And TikTok's, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing that I admire about it so much is, like, I obviously am a marketing and media guy. People want to take pictures of it. Yeah. When you think about the earned media potential and, like, yeah. the reality of, like, oh, oh, wait, don't take that. I need to make sure my matching. My can. fit. <laughs> it's, it's just, like, free marketing. Yeah. It's spending, like, hundreds of thousands on Meta or TikTok. You know, it's to, a billboard. Sort of just this is my favorite. So some of the girlies and guys, when they're done with the drink, they fill it up with water. And they just carry it around all day. It's like a cult, oh cult thing. <laughs> that is so, that's so funny. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good segue into stop two, which is Gorgie specific question. So you talk about building brands backwards. What does that mean? That means if you have an itch, you know, ask the world if they care. And so that started out as a Google survey on my phone. That was a two minute multiple choice. Does anybody care about something that I think is important? The answer was yes. Right. Take that a step further, like names, flavors, ingredients. You can just ask a community of people. And when you do, they become like your greatest champion. Now you have your first customers and your marketing. So it's like you think about all of these ideas that come from you know public companies. It's based on spreadsheets and data and right. analytics. Social media has catapulted America and society globally. So we're moving at a pace that spreadsheets and the analytics can't keep up with. Right. Just ask them. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and it's hard to turn those ships around um, at those large companies quick enough to react to, you know, the change in culture. So I think a lot of people who are listening, like, it's, I don't think anyone would dispute the power of community and the importance of yeah. community. I think what's very challenging is how do you build community? And, yeah. and the reason community is so important, in my opinion, is like, even as a media person, the wind's always going to blow in different directions on what is arbitrage, what's being arbitrage, what's working best. But community is what gives you that sustainable element where you can buy enough time to figure out which way the wind's blowing. Yes, and yeah. so I, I think it's essentially the most important thing in brand building. How do you think about building and nurturing and fostering your community? So I think what people don't realize is it's not quantity, it's quality. And you're starting, like I always tell people when you're building a community, think about a snowball. You got to pack it really, really tight and have the right first snowball before you can roll it down the hill. And so like Gorgie, we had 20 girls in Philly this time last year. That was like the first community. And we packed that snowball tight. We listened to them and right. what they were interested in. And then we kept adding and adding. We weren't like, we need millions of people. We need the right couple hundred. Right. And now that we have the right couple hundred, you can let the snowball fall. Yeah. But you also have to figure out where you want to live. You can't just live digitally. You have to live physically. And that is a hustle and a grind. And you got to put the time and the effort in to make that happen. Most people just want to sit back on their phone and be like, I built a community. Right, right. That's not a community. That's an app. Yeah. It's tricky too. I think in today's age, like things go viral. Yeah. So like, that's, that's great, right? But it can also lead people astray of like, oh, yeah. This is gonna work. It went right. viral once. Let's build a whole company around this. Right. Actually doing the like that's know, lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But can lightning be sustained? What's interesting is like the women and the humans in our Geneva community, some of them drive two hours to meet in person. Yeah. Like and find a gorgie at a sprouts or a Whole Foods. Like yeah. it's so sticky when you spend the time packing the snowball right. Yeah. And where is Gorge sold right now? So we are national in Sprouts. We're at Wegmans, HEB, Whole Foods in the Northeast, okay. Air One, Pura Vida, Albertsons, there we go. Corporate America, New York City. Yeah. So what's that like? Because that is, 
a completely, I guess there's some overlap, but it's like a completely different retail game than venture number one. So what yeah. has it been like launching and scaling and supporting retail? I mean, it's wild to see your drink on a shelf, but like even more wild when you get in an Uber and the driver's drinking it and you're like, oh my God, where did you get that? He's like, man, I saw it at Sprouts. I had to pick it up. I was like, sweet. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So um, like talk to me about the complexities of actually trying to support that many doors or, or do you, again, it could just be community, but yeah. tapping back into that to have them help support it. It, it, you know, the thing about beverage that's amazing and difficult is that it's very, uh, human intensive, right? So it's very capital intensive around the humans. The humans are your asset. So if you think about this one can and what has to happen to get in uh, consumer's hands, it's like four humans. Right. You have the buyer, you have the distributor, you have the merchandiser, and then you have the marketer. And then the can is drink. Basically. So like you really have to be in tune with all the different humans that go into the experience. And what from what have you been able to take with you from your first experience into the second experience that's felt like a cheat code? And what has been like completely unexpected and just super different that you weren't prepared for? Yeah, I mean, building brand and community was like my cheat code because right. I had 20 years of experience doing that. Um, not expecting is all the layers of, you know, complexity and getting a drink to a shelf. Right. A drink, a cold drink to a shelf. Is it, is it shelf stable? It's not. It can be cold or, you know, dry shelf. Right, uh, but, you know, who wants a warm Coke? Right. Yeah, for, <laughs> sure. for sure. That's fair. Um, were there any ideas that you killed off as you were thinking about what to do next? Yes. Oh, my God. So many. Oh, like, you'll have to come to Florida and see some really bad ones. Okay. Um, I had a stock brand, I had an NFT platform, okay. I had a hydration beauty water, I had, I mean, you name it, I had it. Oh, I was so into NMM and Restrovesterol, I was going to okay. do like a cellular life hack. Wow, all right. All um, right. The list goes on. <laughs> Still going. And did you- 168 GoDaddy URLs in my account currently. No. Honestly, sit on them. Someone's going to need those one day, sell them for yeah. a couple hundred grand. Um, do you have any hot takes on celebrity-led brands? And um, that's not a let's uh, try to get tea or thoughts. An objective view, because it is a trend, um, and I'm seeing both sides. I'm seeing it like you you already have community. This is obvious. Like, you know, go, you know, take that community and leverage yeah. it versus, like, you know, people on the exact outside. It's like advertising and leading with not celebrity-backed preference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the world is very much about content and content creation. My view, and this is someone that has never had a celebrity-backed brand, is that, number one, your brand has to be ready for a celebrity. I mean, you have to have pretty robust distribution for that celebrity to be able to push it. Also, does that celebrity live in content creation, right? So, like, I'm actually very um, biased towards creators, versus celebrities unless the celebrity is living and breathing the brand 100 yeah yeah absolutely yeah um it's just because you know creators came up with that <laughs> that like need to produce yes you know? yeah um, and yeah i don't know it's uh <clears throat> i'm with you on the creator part so i learned this lesson in 2017 there was a weekend when chloe kardashian posted a lively in a lively bra and it was picked okay. up by people magazine and our traffic was going insane. And I was like, oh my God, Chloe put us on the map. It wasn't Chloe. It was Ingrid Nielsen on YouTube. A YouTube creator had posted us the same day. She was converting 10X. Yeah. Okay. And, I was, and I was like, oh, this makes sense. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, 
And it's not just this, it's not just our like little niche. Do you even think like musicians and athletes today? There's just like not really a world where you can figure it out without content. Sometimes right. very early on, you either need to create a content engine or you need to acquire one. And exactly. There's no other option. Exactly. And we've been, you know, luckily and fortunately, people have reached out to us from an athletic perspective or music and so forth. And I'm like, when it's the right fit, right? Just like when my company was acquired, they were the right fit, but you have to wait until it's the right moment. You can't force it. Yeah. Everyone smells that and sees it yeah. and feels it. <laughs> so um, your mother, yeah, talk to me about uh, how special it's been to build a company in front of your children um, and how you do it. Like, <laughs> I can hardly keep myself alive. So, yes. so much admiration and, and something I'm thinking about a lot more these days. But cool. uh, yeah, let's... Uh, so my first company, Lively, I started after my daughter, Lydia, was a year and a half. She actually made me realize, I was like, hold on, I can make humans? I bet I can do more. <laughs> like, I was just living so safe. Superpowers. Yeah. And then my son, Jack, I found out after I launched Lively. And so I had the two of them when they were babies. Yeah. Gorgie is so special because they've seen it from inception, like me running to a pantry and totally. building mood boards. And they literally walk around. They're so proud. They're like, mommy... Gorgie's on this shelf. Oh and mommy, God, like, so we have this thing called mini G's where it's like caffeine free. And I just made it for them so they oh, can have, have little fun. Gorgies. Oh, that's so <laughs> special. Um, all right, two questions. Um, what advice, a lot of people listening in are aspiring founders or at the beginning of their entrepreneurship journey. What advice would you give to folks who are sort of at that ground level just trying to figure it out? Yeah. Number one, progress over perfection. Like, just start. And one thing that I used to do to tell, hold myself accountable is I would tell everyone that I'm doing it. Tell everyone. Sort of, sort of. Yeah. Move. Yeah. And number two is like literally ask for help. My first day of Lively, I just sat with a notebook after crying because I was like, oh, um, and I wrote down all the things that I was afraid of. And then I just started tapping my network. I was like, all right, you know about fulfillment. You know about marketing. Right. Can I buy you a juice? Can I buy you a coffee? You are actually surrounded by experts. You just don't realize it. Right. Yeah. Asking for help. Totally. Our mantra has always been, don't know a ton, but do know a lot of people who can help us figure it out. Yeah. So community in a different context of surrounding yourself with yeah. those people. Um, what's next for Gorgie? So Gorgie's literally like been six months on the I shelf, know, know, which is wild. So what's next is for us to do what we do well. And so we've built out an amazing team. We're nationally distributed in thousands of stores. Our goal is for people just to realize who we are consistently. And yeah. Gorgie is, you know, it's energy meets wellness. Better tasting, better looking, better for you. And so I, I have one more question I forgot. I am an out-of-home person. Tell us about your out-of-home story. Oh, wait, our out-of-home story. Yeah, didn't you get a billboard on my short notes? Oh, <laughs> we did. We got a billboard. <laughs> I was at a pool party in Montauk, actually, because okay. I was, you know, taking over the Hamptons. And I ran into somebody that had a media company and he's like, how about Vegas? And I was like, I, I could do Vegas. He's like, your content is so good. I will put you on a video billboard in Vegas. If you can get me a piece of content within two days. And I was Massive like, done, done, done. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah. And then what, someone drove all the way from LA. Oh yeah. Then our team drove to LA, obviously, because yeah. we had to take pictures. I consume the content. <laughs> you do. With your dog, Natty. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yeah. all right. Stop three. You ready for a game we call the hot box? Let's play. All righty. <laughs> Let's do it. Ready? Cold plunge or hot tub? Oh, hot tub. Beach house or ski house? Beach house. Coffee or tea? Ooh, tea. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. 
D2C or DTC? Oh. DTC. DTC. <laughs> neat or messy? Oh, neat. OCD. <laughs> um, corgi or golden retriever? Uh, corgi. Pineapple <laughs> pizza or candy corn? Candy corn. Yum. Yes, spooky season around the corner. Sweet snacks or salty snacks? Sweet. <laughs> Call or text? Text. Reading or writing? Oh, neither. No, I'm kidding. Work remote or work on site? On site. Okay. Where's your, where's your office? Wherever I am. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm a school bird. I live in Florida during the school year, okay. New York in the summer. Cool. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok? No, I got one. Instagram. Dancing or people watching? Dancing. Give up bread for life or give up cheese for life? Oh, bread. Cheese is the best. Yeah, everyone else said cheese. I thought they were psychopaths. Yeah. Um, board games or video games? Board. $50 on red or black? Red. Start early or leave late? Early. Fiction or nonfiction? Non. <laughs> Playlists or podcasts? Oh, ah, depends on where I am. Podcasts yeah. on the plane. Okay, there we go. Speak to animals or speak pen languages? Animals. So cute. And you know, everyone else said languages. I Why? love to talk Why? to like a dog. Yeah, or, like, always. Know, like, or what do you really think? Yeah, right. <laughs> like small Pokemon. Uh, telepathy or teleportation? Teleportation. And I know you just had a billboard, but trucks are billboards. Trucks, Thank trucks, you. trucks are the billboards. Billboards on trucks. Yes, trucks are the billboards. Receive good news or bad news first? Bad news first, finish with good. Okay, well, bad news is we've come to our last stop and the podcast is over. Thank you so much. This was a ton of fun. Aww. I want to give you an opportunity to plug yourself. Where can people learn more about you? Where can people find and learn more about Gorgie? Yes, Gorgie on shelves near you at Get Gorgie on all of your favorite social handles. And I'm D underscore Michelle. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks Thank so you. Good job. Boom. Dang.